0: Sonic called Hello, welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 21. Uh, this will be going out on the 9th of November, 2006. Uh, this week's guests are Dave Spears from G Media Music. Hi, Dave. Hello. And we've also got Mark Tinley. Hello. Mark is a sound designer. Oh it's, no, sound artist, isn't it? Sound artist, engineer, mm. and producer. Absolutely. And Mark I, Mark, I understand your um, your arsenal has been greatly enhanced this
1: week. It's beyond enhancement. I've just I've just bought a Line Six UX2 tone port, and it's utterly, utterly fantastic. I um I got it yesterday, plugged it in, put the software on the computer, plugged in the guitar, and I'd used um Line Six amps before, so I. I sort of knew what to expect, but I you know put the headphones on and strummed away and thought, Yeah, oh yeah, that sounds really good. Plugged the microphone in and and within two presets I'd got like the best vocal sound I've ever had in like twenty odd years of doing sound engineering. I was just totally, totally impressed by the thing. I'm absolutely blown away.
0: Actually we got to see the the Toneport K B thirty seven at the weekend. Um I went up to music live on Friday in Birmingham, N E C which was to be frank, it was as like a hellhole of shredding teenagers. Um but they had some of these KB37s, which are sort of new in the country. They're kind of MIDI controllers with a tone port built in, so you get all of that functionality. And uh, we spoke to Ross Bailey, who gave us a, a quick run through. But I was pretty impressed too. You know, I mean, it's not like it's not it's not like having the real thing. A real Telly going into a real Fender Twin is is probably going to have a, a better sound and be more you know more.
1: I, I, I actually disagree. A real Telly going into a real Fender Twin will sound better. Yes. But it, a real tally going into a Fender twin with a bad sound engineer won't sound as good. I think the most important part of the Line 6 stuff is they've modeled the sound of the, the what's around the amplifier like the microphone and the channel strip on the desk and everything else. So they've they've modeled it right the way from the guitar string right to the tape. So that's what makes it work so well. Because I can I can mic up a a Marshall amp really badly and make a guitarist sound absolutely awful. So can I. I'm quite good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Dave, have you? Are you? I suppose synth world doesn't really kind of come together with Line Six that often. Although people tend to use those sort of pods for a long time as sort of
2: multiple effects boxes. I mean, have you? Have you had any Line Six experience? Uh, Yeah. Funnily enough, I know um, Marcus Ryle and uh, I've met Michelle um doy i think his name is um but they were both oberheim guys years and years ago and they're both incredibly clever chaps and marcus was uh, i think marcus and michelle were responsible for uh, you know a lot of the oberheim ob stuff certainly the oba
1: can i do some demonstrations
2: oh go on give us some effects then
1: mark here is the octavide yeah i'm uh, getting <laughs> perhaps some nice warm chorus a little bit of a bit of delay
0: is that yeah. actually? Are you actually able to ma- manipulate tonight. the? Are you able to manipulate the um, the delay time in real time? So you get that kind of. I
1: that, am, wh- and, and that's not unusual. only that, it says it says on it to prevent the loss of echo. Clean tape heads roller frequently, and then I've got spring reverb. Is that me making that weird noise? Hello, oh, I've broken it. <laughs>
0: So, in the course of this product testing uh, uh, exercise, Mark has actually just would like to rescind all the things that he said about how great it is. No, I've discovered
1: what that is. It's background noise, actually. I think someone's flushed a toilet in the background. It's the pipes. It's the pipes pipes in the house. The other thing, the the coolest thing is in the middle, it's got this little button that says ER, and you click on it, and there's a pair of curtains, and you turn this fader, and you're switching the wall on behind you. Early and reflection. you can turn the wall on and off. It's lovely. <laughs> oh, we, oh, I think we enough, have... of <laughs> enough of this. Enough
0: of this. It's like an endorsement show, isn't it? I just like to say we're not affiliated with Line Six in any way. <laughs> right then, should we... we move on to what's actually on the list? <laughs> the uh, Jackson Pollock uh, story. The uh, you know the highest price for a painting ever paid. It just went for 140 million bucks. Uh, I like the way that – this is the way that um, the, the Independent uh, put it. The troubled alcoholic and American painter dribbled paint onto a bare board laid on the floor long ago. It just makes him sound like he was kind of dribbling because he was so drunk. But um, has any, have you paid anything over the odds for, you know, something that means a lot to you in the art
2: world or just memorabilia? No I mm. close, but I didn't do it in the end. I can't even remember what it was actually.
0: It wasn't a pair of shoes for Kylie, was it because you you you're fond of shoes, aren't you
2: Dave? Yes, <laughs> yes, and I do have a pair of Kylie's boots <laughs> no way really and and
1: they're very, very small. I uh, nearly tripped over Kylie one day going on my way into music bank. <laughs> She's tiny, isn't she? She is very small. I mean, these, my 10-year-old
2: could just about squeeze into her. On yeah. the men,
0: too. I'm glad to see you. Kylie's back on the road and looking uh, looking back to herself. That's always nice to hear, because, of course, she hasn't been very well. Because I've actually got an answer phone message from Kylie. She rang me up. I did a remix for her years ago, and she rang me up at home and left. and I wasn't in, but... Thankfully, because she left a message on my answer phone. I mean, it did sound like a manager was feeding her the lines, like to say, you know, say Nick now and, you know. But, but I've still got it, and I was trying to look it out because I'd like to play it on the show because I'm sure nobody believes me. So anyway, but if you were interested in collecting any, say, rock memorabilia, um, I was on the uh, BBC website. They've, for some reason, they've got a pages of tips and tricks on what to collect if you're into collecting rock mem- memorabilia. And they say, Michael Jackson, almost anything uh madonna obviously prince and elton john shoes glasses and hats apparently and didn't i hear somewhere that
1: he'd sold a load of underpants i sold nick rogers underpants on ebay good oh, grief for how much the, well the, i didn't really i i managed to find a picture of some marks and spencer's underpants brown and beige really nice or really nasty <laughs> ones <laughs> put them on uh us ebay and they got up to several hundred dollars before eBay said that I wasn't allowed to um sell used underwear and that it was an infringement of one of their rules. But all the fans were up in arms about it and they were getting really, really cross with me and sending me all these emails. What? So it went on for a while till eBay actually took it off. Stayed
0: If you could have any any piece of rock memorabilia, what would it be? What would be the one thing that you kind of wouldn't mind owning? Oh, i quite like Hendrix's
1: uh, Strat. Oh, I'd I'd go with that. Hendrix's Strat would be a good one, yeah. I
0: wouldn't mind maybe, um, you know, one of the synths that was on, uh, one of the Human League synths from Reproduction, you know, maybe the, I don't know what they used, but I quite fancy, because that was really formative for me, and that that, that record kind of really steered me towards electronic music, and i kind of quite like to...
1: I think I'd have to plump for a vehicle, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. There must be some good rock memorabilia
0: motorcycles out there that... I you want you want around. you want Puffy's Humvee, don't you? No. <laughs> Did anyone see this? Um, Cantor, who uh, some time ago I, I filmed a, a piece at uh, the Music Messer. I think it was two or three years ago with uh, Viacin, who are um, the makers of a couple of good synths. Um, and they made they had something which was a sort of real time singing engine. And uh, anyway, they're working on Cantor two, and they have an MP three of uh, of it on their site, which is dot uh, de. Uh, and it's it's bicycle for two. Uh, Daisy, Daisy is the song.
1: Reardon from the cranberries to me but a slightly computerized version of her
0: you know it's not like a real voice but it's actually quite i mean it was quite um mellifluous would that be a good word to use
1: i mean i i can't imagine that these things are really going to get much better are they it's, uh, it's only as good as the person programming it surely
0: but singing is quite difficult i mean speech on the other hand speech synthesis is
2: is a lot more advanced i lost all interest in this when uh yamaha when i went to see that vocaloid demo Remember that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sort of promised everything and delivered virtually nothing. And the interface was just appalling. Uh, so, yeah, it was really at that point. I mean, at least the interface with this looks slightly better.
0: I'm sure well, it's, but it's more real-time. Operation. I mean, that's the thing about their stuff, because when I was talking to them before, it is real-time. You can move sliders and change the characteristics of the voice, whereas some of the other ones you actually have to sort of type it in and then it compiles it effectively and plays it as you wish. But maybe, you know, it's not quite there yet. The one thing that is really cool, and that's the East-West Quantum Leap Symphonic Choir. Has anyone seen that? It, we, yes. we did a demo of, uh, we we recorded a demo of it. Again, it was at Mesa a few years back. And that is just unbelievable. I mean, it, somebody, what they've done is they've sampled an entire choir, section, sectional and solo and what have you, f- and sampled it phonetically. And then created a sort of database engine that pulls. And this is how I assume they've done it. That pull, you, you type in the words you want something to sing, and it kind of triggers every time you play a key. So it, each syllable is um, triggered by each consecutive keystroke. So, and it the demo that we've got. It, I mean, it, I have still, whenever I play it to people, still they just kind of think it's the closest thing to magic. That technology has delivered for me even in a long time. You look at it and you just think, "Good lord, that is astonishing!" And I've, I've got it actually, but I haven't, I, I never had um, the time to, to um, install it because in it comes on some ludicrously large amount of DVDs. <laughs> I mean, also to be fair, I haven't had a computer powerful enough to do it. But now I've got access to one, I think I'm going to put it on because. But it is, I mean, it's mind-blowing. You've seen it, haven't you, Dave?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because obviously every show we do. um they get progressively more dull as time goes on. And uh, there's always the kind of, you know, right, what's the buzz of the show this year? What's the buzz of the show? And certainly that year it was it was this. I mean, everybody was coming by going, Jesus, you've got to go and see this demo. You've got to go and check it out. Yeah, very impressive. It? I'll put a link I'll put a link up to
0: our demo on it. I mean, even though it's a couple of years old, it's still very impressive.
1: It was one of those lovely moments in the studio where the part just suddenly clicked and everyone was dancing around. Sonic State. So you can hear there how the two parts don't conflict.
2: There are a huge number of samples on that record.
1: We double-tracked the drums, so there was a second drum track on that. The beginnings of affordable digital recording. Sonic State. Doing
2: solo. If what you're writing is just explaining some kind of, like facet of the software then it's like the piece of music that's been written is more explaining the machine than it is like your personality
0: so girls have got Wonderbra. Eva Herzegovia that classic ad hello boys and uh, some enterprising Australian undergarment manufacturer has uh, has released something they call the wonder jock which look a bit like sort of wonder bra winefronts as far as I can tell
1: I I've come to the conclusion that they have to be aimed at gay men. You think because, so? Well, I mean all the women that I've ever known or spoken to really don't care how big a man's package is. They're not really they don't notice and they're not that interested. Whereas gay men are absolutely fascinated with the way someone's hanging, which way they're hanging and everything else.
0: Well, uh, you may well be right, but being as you're neither gay nor a woman, I'm not sure how qualified you might be to say that, but um Unless you've got a history that I don't know about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I discussed it with my partner, my partner... Women don't really care about... She said, don't worry, darling, I don't
0: care. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I can see it working now, because, you know, back in the day when it was kind of poodle rock and everybody wore tight jeans, then, you know, it kind of made a bit of an impression. But then there was the whole sort of baggy 80s and 90s period where tightness wasn't really happening. And now we're back into... This century seems to be about very... very, All the the boys in indie bands and guitar bands are wearing girls' trousers, because they're very skinny. And maybe these pants will help them kind of impress... Their peers. Who knows? Since the launch seven days ago, Aussie Bum says it's sold 50,000 pairs of their Wonder Jack, mostly from its website, which I will give it a plug. It's www.aussiebum.com. I think after what Mark's just said, i better cancel
2: my order. (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> if, they've, I, if, the, if they've sold that many, if they've sold that many, I think you'll probably be waiting a very long time for them to fulfil it. Because I mean, seven, fifty thousand packages, as it were, being um, being packed in fi- in in seven days is going to you're going to need quite a lot of staff to do that. F Expansion Percussion Pack that came out recently. I mean, I no BFD the drum the drum uh, uh, plugin kind of really turned a few heads when it first came out. Did uh, has anyone experienced
2: that? Have you used that, Dave? Because you're sort of drum type person. Uh, yes, and it's awesome. Uh, but I have to say, in all fairness, we're um, sort of reasonably heavily linked with F Expansion. I know all the guys there, and uh, they're all very, very clever dudes. And I think BFD was one of those things that was right product, right time, was at, and also at the right price. So I think ev- literally every kind of add on pack that they do is just going to get similar kinds of. Uh, Good reception from everybody who uses beer.
0: From what I heard, it sounded great, and they've even they have even got a kitchen sink. They got boxes and tubs,
1: and you know any manner of weird and exotic. Um percussion instruments i went and looked at their website and sort of went and looked through the percussion library and they have got absolutely everything in there i mean absolutely everything from like small metal boxes to big plastic boxes and all sorts of different stuff i i don't know if i can justify having that much i mean i love percussion and i and i wish i could be a percussionist but i don't have the cold nation I love the idea of the the percussionists just find the weirdest things and start tapping them and going, oh, listen to this. This sounds really good. Tapping away on like a loose tile on the floor or something and going like, yeah, we should record this. And the next minute, everyone's got the mics out and everything, and they stick it on the track. And you go, wow, how uh, how did you know? How did they have the vision to hear that sound in the track? I've never
0: experienced that. It sounds like um, you're hanging out in the wrong kind of recording sessions
1: i think percussionists are really really cool i mean they just you know they anything to them is a percussionist or i mean maybe specific percussionists that i've met are really cool but
0: are they boffins do you think or are they just kind of en- relentless kind of you know they've got they, busy
2: fingers they've just got the groove that's it really when you work with you know i've worked with some great percussion players and they've they're quite irritating at dinner because there were some bloody drummers tapping the table
0: Yeah, what was what what was like at the percussion uh, the percussion sort of uh, trade fair? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, actually, Dave, you sent um, a link to a YouTube video some time ago, which I didn't. We never talked about, but it was it was a really brilliant little um, short film, and it's kind of what six six percussionists sort of hanging around outside a block of flats, and the people go out and uh, they all break. Essentially, they break into their flat and and perform. Various different musical pieces in the different rooms of their flat, and and then mm. run away before they come back. And it's a great film. I think it's um, it's Scandinavian or Dutch uh, or
2: or Den- Denmark or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a well known piece. I, I mean,
1: really enjoy. I've seen that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's really good. They've, they've taken the dog for a walk or something, haven't they?
0: Oh, that's right. The couple take the dog for a walk, and they've got to kind of get in there and do. They do the bedroom, the bathroom, the living room, the kitchen, and. Um, I think that's about it but it's quite it's very very entertaining very amusing we'll put it in the notes
1: and there's a guy playing musical musical um pitched percussion on a hoover isn't it is yeah, he doing I,
0: different things I, with I the like hoover? the bit where they're just throwing all their books on the floor <laughs> <laughs> just I, I was wondering how they had time to clear that up but that wasn't uh, sadly that wasn't part of the film but um... <laughs> I mean, the one thing that I did want to talk about was second life and I know mark um You've had some experience with that. I mean, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because in the news recently, um, there's been an awful lot of uh, of items about various governments deciding on whether or not your income can be taxed in Second Life. Because you look at, on the front page of Second Life, it tells you how many U.S. dollars or Linden's have Linden been spent, dollars yeah. Linden dollars have been spent in the last 24 hours, and it's regularly between half a million and a million. In every 24-hour session. So, I mean, in a week or, or a month, the turnover must be enormous. And I imagine if you can find a decent business model, there must be a way of making money in them, their hells. But uh, has anyone actually been on Second Life? Because I did log in, and uh, I've
1: been kind of
0: disturbingly I've, addicted since i started and I, I, I kind of i have so little time in my life i'm not sure it's a very good idea
1: I've uh, because i've been making sound effects with nick for duran duran's island so duran duran are going to be playing shows in there and they've and nick is uh, kind of heralding this new digital virtual world with all sorts of weird cable cars and mountains and and stuff and um and but one sort of Thing that's going to be different about their world is that they're going to have lots of things making sound because right. there doesn't seem to be a lot of sound in there. I mean, I've had limited success with it because it, I mean, I'm on a two gig connection here on the ADSL, and even if you, if you go into a world with a lot going on, it takes forever to download, the, you know, and ever for everything to render. Yeah, and um, it tends to crash quite a lot.
0: Uh, last night I was in um, the Duran Duran bar which is F- oh. F- F1SH, a sort of fish, dancing with a load of complete strangers, apart from one woman who was the lady from up the road who uh, Jane went to see for our kids to play together, and it was the most bizarre experience. It, I just kind of... I can't, I can't get my head around it. You know when you play Tetris when you're a kid, you know, too much, and you you start to kind of think of things in terms of how things fit together? Like, you're walking down the street, and you think, oh, that car could yeah. fit. just... You start to get yeah. that... <laughs> And so I, I couldn't sleep for ages last night because I was just thinking about about um, Second Life and it's I'm sure it's not healthy but it is incredibly engaging.
1: Second Life is loosely based on a book called Snow Crash, isn't it? Really. Uh, and in this book, um, the book is is written, it was written in like the 1990s, early 1990s, and it depicted like a future where people spent half of their time in reality and the other half of their time in this place called the metaverse. Um, and it's triggered off lots of these sort of virtual worlds like Second Life, and there's a few other ones as well. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, the I, difference with this one is that you can make money in there. Which and, I suppose. And I, say, I mean, I
0: suppose what I should do is say is say that um, explain what it is. Effectively, you log in, you create a character, and it's an avatar, and it's a it's sort of a basic but but you know workable 3D world that you just wander around in, and people are sort of free to create spaces, objects buildings, businesses, whatever, and you just kind of wander around. And
1: So what does your avatar look like? How have you made yourself look? Well, when I got in there, I didn't know
0: what I was doing at all, and I was like, I was a squirrel. I just seemed like a large, (laughs) fluffy squirrel with a big, bushy tail. And it took me ages to figure out how to get rid of that stuff, but somebody very kindly, uh, Laura Hutton, I'd like to say thank you for helping me out. That's her avatar, and she helped me to kind of lose the squirrel. And now I'm just sort of, I'm still a kind of average-looking, you know, body type, but I, I need to work on my appearance some more.
1: I've had lots of fun with it, because I figured that in in the real world, people are always really worried about being fat. So I've deliberately made myself as fat as possible. And you have, like, faders that turn up the size of things. So I have, like, you know, belly and love handles. I've turned them all up to 100, everything. So I'm this huge, huge fat man. (laughs) That'll turn a few heads. (laughs)
0: So, Dave, yeah, uh, you're, right. you're, you're a player, you play uh, Grand Theft Auto, don't you? I mean, is this the sort of
2: thing that would appeal to you, or is life too short? Uh, I did look at it and immediately thought, no, this is the kind of recipe for a very fast divorce if I get into something like this. <laughs> like It's really, it, honestly, it's bad enough with the uh, Xbox. <laughs> um, but actually, <laughs> in light of what Mark's just said, I might actually go
0: in there and have a go. The reason this came up was, apart from the the stories, was that you know bands are having presences on there. You know, is, is it going to become a new kind of alternative MySpace where there's more interaction, and therefore I presumably might come grinding to a halt. But I was talking to uh, somebody from uh, one of the major manufacturers at the trade show at Music Live, and he was saying, you know, I'm looking into putting advertising money and branding money into Second Life to up the 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 brand. Of my brand, which just seems like kind of a really interesting take on how to use this kind of stuff.
1: I mean, that's a good idea. It's got to be a good place for promotion because there's people in there, you know, doing stuff. But but how do you do market research on an avatar? If the the (laughs) person's pretending to be something that they're not.
0: I mean, I was wondering about maybe, you know, actual practical applications of this, like maybe virtual trade shows, because you can stream video and stuff in there. So maybe you could kind of get a whole bunch of people together and actually do a kind of small, um, have a small meeting or a trade fair or something, invite people along. I mean, what do you think? Do you think there's scope for that? Certainly beat flying 2,000 miles to LA, although it's not as warm. What do you think, Dave? Should
2: we do it? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Please, please. Anything that stops me sitting on a plane for 11 hours is, is, is a winner in my book. Sonic. State. Dot. A company called Obedia.
0: They're, they're, what they've done is they've actually sort of set up uh, 24-hour training and support lines for various popular software products. And um, you can sort of purchase support minutes um at guitar centers now in the u.s and i was just sort of begged the question really so you know wouldn't it be a relief dave for instance i mean you know if you could just kind of say yeah okay we'll give you some information and they could run run that side of it for you you didn't have to worry about tech support do you think it's
2: feasible or will they not know the product well enough it takes time and obviously it takes a huge amount of organization on our part in order to give them the information you know where we know that there are problems uh, so that they can actually explain the workarounds to their clients but I think fundamentally it's quite it's quite a good idea. It struck me as being quite expensive. Uh, yeah, the full support thing was very expensive. I thought, was that the $299 or 199
0: Well, these things, these are various plans. They've got one plan for 30 minutes, which is optimising your computer and installing your software and get audio and MIDI working. And I suppose that would be worth, if you're kind of going, I've just spent $300 on a whole bunch of things and I can't get any of it working and somebody can help you, you know, you might spend that, but... I don't know. It's, I, I, would, guess
1: it, I wouldn't. I'd phone up the shop and say, why isn't this working? The shop should support you. with the Your, your first port of call should be the shop. So,
0: Well, it yeah, should, but... What's um, the next one? <laughs> it depends on it. I suppose it depends on whether or not you bought it online or whether you bought it at a local shop, which you could go and see. And fit, but anyway. Okay, yeah. Uh, plan to 65 minutes at 99 bucks, which is recording and playback of MIDI and audio, and take you on a guided tour of your software.
1: And don't you get that on the CD when you buy logic or something you've got tutorials and everything haven't you? i suppose yeah i mean but as with all these
0: things often if you're being shown it's a bit easier but uh, uh, plan three hundred and forty minutes 200 bucks or 199.99 using virtual instruments and plugins connecting your applications via rewire so that's quite a good hourly rate isn't it what's that that's sort of that's uh well 100 uh, just under uh, 90 bucks an hour something like that so you bring
1: someone up for 2 hours
0: and they tell you what
1: to do or Yeah, I guess take so. Take control of your computer maybe one of those so they, well, they it says here
0: that each training session is customised to meet the goals of the customer. The direction and pace are set by the customer. a Obedia trainer will personally help the user to plan out and accomplish their goals, which enables cool. them to get the most of their software purchased in the short time.
1: So if so, if I ring them up and say, my name's Mark and I'm 43 and I've just bought Logic Audio and I want a number one hit single, that's my goal. I pay, pay them what? 49 bucks yeah, and then I have a number one. That's pretty good. Uh, ratio, isn't it? Uh,
0: <laughs> I imagine there might be something there. In there, there, there might be something in their T and C, their terms and conditions, that um, prevents that from being a realistic. <laughs> a, a realistic, realistic <laughs> goal. Yeah, you've got to have realistic goals. Yeah, and... manage expectations. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, it's Steve Garth, yeah, ex, ex Steinberg, you say. Yeah. It says that uh, their in their experience has shown that first time users as well as power users alike find the biggest challenges in installing and getting up to speed in new software application. With our training plans, they can call us any time of day or night, explain their goals, and be guided by one of our expert trainers through the installation process and operational aspects of their new software. I suppose that works. No, I, think- I mean, it must be very. I suppose that's why it's expensive. Because I mean, if you're going to have experts on the phone twenty four seven, that's you're going to have to pay them a bunch, aren't you?
1: It's all wrong. It's all, 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 all wrong. I mean, it's, it's. I think that the way Dave is doing his support is the right way to do it. I think I've, I've had a problem with Logic Audio myself recently, and you can't get any support. You have to go on a forum, and then you type in your problem, and then nobody answers you. It just doesn't work the way they do software support now. And when I first bought Logic, probably 15 years ago, I used to phone up sound technology and speak to someone there. But they'd they would t- they'd explain to you exactly what you should be doing, and you could find out in ten minutes on the phone to someone, you know, having paid $999 for Logic Audio, I absolutely shouldn't have to pay someone on top of that to support it. I should be able to pick up a phone, talk to someone about it, and have my problem solved, surely. whatever. Yeah, I mean, the that, po- I suppose the point
0: 10 is time. you need real-time help, don't you? But maybe, you know, I mean, imagine these guys yeah. could probably be able to help you. If They've got a 24-7 phone line. I mean, okay, you have to pay, but I agree it's bad news, but I suppose they're rec-
2: recognizing that and going hey well there's a business opportunity here so let's let's have a go it's funny and that, and that's revealed in i mean some of the support messages we get we're very strict on support there has to be a kind of 24-hour turnaround and sadly we quite enjoy answering stuff late at night and whatnot but obviously all ours is via email but you do get people emailing you know in block caps i've just bought this fucking synth and it doesn't work and rant rant rant, rant and you'll turn around and you know, reply calmly and all the rest of it and give them pointers and whatnot. And then, you know, the, the next email you get is like, oh, brilliant, thanks a lot. And I think it just stems from this kind of feeling of utter helplessness. When you buy something, you pay good money for it, you get it home and you can't do it for whatever reason. But you automatically now, I think people just automatically assume that there is no support. And they start off from a very aggressive standpoint. I mean, this is only a small minority, and I can understand why that is. What I'd like to see with things like Omedia is is a very – is a kind of very high-end plan. I mean, I had a situation where we were in um, Abbey Road, and the rig that we'd taken in, there was a – we hooked it up with the Pro Tools rig, you know, the in-house Pro Tools rig, and there's this delay. And, you know, it was hours and hours and hours of kind of, you know, trying to – and, of course, the star turns sitting there kind of going, Jesus Christ, this is costing me money and blah, blah, blah. Now, I'd love to be able to get on the phone to somebody, and I'd pay a couple of hundred bucks to get on the phone to somebody who would be able to sort that out immediately. The
1: students, I mean, you're, I, you're, yeah. already, you're already paying that for the studio while you're waiting for them to fix it, aren't you? So... Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, if this matures in the right way, it would be really good. But I do have to say... They have to get their grammar sorted out. I wouldn't trust a uh, tech support company. If you go to the obedia.com, what we do, it says, one, it's got a little cartoon thing. It says, one, new gear excitement. Two, at-home progress stalls. Three, one call to an obedia tech. And four, you're back on the creative roll with your spelled Y-O-U-R. Uh, and in this office, you're going to be killed for that. We are grammar fiends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd just like to point out at this
0: point that you don't get any tech support with this podcast, so don't even think of calling me <laughs> <at some laughs> in the morning. <laughs> but what we will we would like you to do is phone us, is, is call us our, on our Skype number or whatever. Um, I'll. I'll details at the end and just kind of tell us what you think let's hear it you know, we we love to get messages uh, last week we had we heard from mad joe and uh, maybe this week we can hear from somebody else who maybe is mad or isn't so you've
1: already heard from me
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to say mark you do, you have sounded incredibly fulsome and very radio today and i think that can only be down to your line 6 interface i oh know i told you it was good <laughs> yeah you're you're dead right thanks very much guys it's been another pleasure thanks very much uh, dave spears from g media Thank you. And also to Mark Tinley. Thank you, Mark.
2: You're
1: welcome. Welcome, welcome.
0: That's your best so far. Okay, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's about it for another one. Thanks for listening to Sonic Talk 21. Um, Remember, you can contact us using the Skype handle, Sonic Talk, or if you want to use the phone, our number in the US is 312-376-8089. Outside of the US, dial 001-312-376-8089. We're working on getting a European number for you guys. Uh, Or email us at sonictalk at sonicstate.com. Thanks for listening.
1: Sonic
2: State.com